How cool is it to be gathered? When I told the boys that I was speaking on Sunday, they're like, what the heck, that's weird. It's like, great, first vote of confidence is to my kids, so it is lovely to be here this morning. For a child has been born for us, the gift of a son for us. He'll take over the running of the world. His names will be Amazing Counselor, Strong God, Eternal Father, Prince of Wholeness. His ruling authority will grow and there'll be no limits to the wholeness he brings. He'll rule from the historic David throne over that promised kingdom. He'll put that kingdom on a firm footing and keep it going. With fair dealing and right living, beginning now and lasting always. 700 years later, she brought forth her firstborn son. She wrapped him in swaddling cloths and lay him in a manger. Wishes. Wishes. They're funny things. Wishes. Some of the things that children wish for can't help but put a smile on your face. Let me share some with you. A teacher started, I have a dream, and the kids had to write down what their dreams were. One little boy, I have a dream that one day there would be no killing in war. Also, I have a dream that Justin Bieber would just go away. <laughs> Christmas wish list. Santa, if you bring me presents that need batteries, please bring the batteries too. <laughs> you know, how many birthdays and Christmases have you dealt with the fallout of batteries? Okay, we don't have that battery, we don't have that size, that battery costs more than the present itself. Love that little kid called thinking, Santa, if you bring me a present that needs batteries, can you please bring the batteries too? Beautiful, battery fallout. A teacher asked the kids in her class what they wanted to be when they grew up. You know, that little chestnut, what do you be when you grow up? Violet wanted to be a chef because she loves to cook. Isabella wanted to be a ballerina because she loves to dance. An unnamed child. I want to get a hat and put it on. <laughs> oh, buddy, I can make that wish come true. When I grow up, I want to get a hat and put it on. <laughs> looking at the man with the hat in the room, hoping that was a new when you were younger. I want to get a hat. David wants to be a fireman because he likes explosions. Albert, I want to be a person that stays home all day and does nothing. Maybe Albert had a late night the night before, eh? Clearly Albert's having a rough time. I want to be the person that stays home and does nothing. And the last one, dear Tooth Fairy, I do love money and all, but please may I have a pack of bacon instead. <laughs> I was like, that's smart, because bacon's not that cheap, you know, that's probably worth more than a couple of dollars, especially if you're going like Freedom Farm Streaky, you know, not cheap that stuff, she's a woman after my own heart. But you know, remember when as a kid you actually thought all your wishes and dreams could come true. For me, I so wished, I wanted to be a beautiful singer. Carrie Underwood during the American Idol of that was my girl. It was like, Jesus, take the wheel, take it from my hands, because I can't do this. Song. 
are still continuing to pray and wish for that. And you actually can say. And prayers have not worked thus far. But you know, if we're all honest and we open up this and do some sharing this morning, we've all wished for the Big Wednesday one. We have all wished for the Big Wednesday or the Powerball Saturday. But we've always then wished that that $2 scratchy would just become a note, right? To become a 20 you know, so your money don't jiggle jiggle at the bowls. You know, we've all wished for that, yeah. And I remember even as a kid, if you were on a lemonade ice block and at the end of the stick you want a free one. You know, that was like, boom, I've hit the jackpot. Oh yeah, I want a free lemonade ice block. Wishes, eh? Childhood wishes, beautiful, naive, Sometimes absolutely impossible, you know, the ride the unicorn over the rainbow one. Absolutely impossible. But fast forward the clock. Fast forward the clock. 20, 40, 60, 80 years. And you find yourself wishing for some different things. You know, if there is anyone in the building that still does want to ride a unicorn or be Batman, that's very, very cute. But fast forward 20, 40, 60 years, and you find yourself wishing for some different things. I wish that every single person and family would have the material things that they need to do life free of worry and free of stress. I wish that every person would be safe and warm, that every tummy would be filled, that People would have jobs and income that allow them to pay their bills without that incredible stress that comes when you can't pay your bills. But beyond that, and I guess you could say deeper than that, my wishes and, my wishes and dreams and hopes are now probably more than ever, ever in my life that I would wish a deep, abiding peace, grace and strength that can only be found in one place. I wish you Jesus. I wish you Jesus. I wish you Jesus. Let me read an excerpt out of a book called How to Be a Bad Christian by Dave Tomlinson. I am a bad Christian. Far from having all the answers, all of life's all the answers to life's hard questions, I have an ever-increasing list of questions. Far from being a wavering unbeliever, I have frequent doubts. Far from being enamoured with everyone in the church and with Christianity, I often despair of them. I hate the idea of being part of an exclusive club, the righteous ones. And I feel more at home in the pub than at church. But I am captivated by the figure of Jesus. The original followers of Jesus were called people of the way. Folk who identified with the life that Jesus taught and demonstrated. I like this. I also like the fact that his first followers often behaved like a bunch of b b baboons, that they misunderstood, that they spoke out of turn, that they argued with each other, that they fell asleep when they should have been awake. Basically, they kept on getting, getting things wrong, but they continued to follow him. And this 
gives me hope. He carries on. I have respect for all faith traditions, and I have dear friends of all faiths and none. But for me, Jesus is the decisive <coughs> revelation of God. Jesus, for me, is the epiphany of what God is like, of God's character of passion. He is the one who gives shape and meaning to the world, to my world. And at the centre of Christ's message was the kingdom of God, a vision of what the world would look like if God were king, instead of authorities and politicians. It's a vision of love. It's a vision of justice. It's a vision of love, a culture of hope and freedom. And on that, I continually sign up for and try to represent. If you sound like the sound of this, if you share my faltering faith, congratulations, you're a bad Christian. I love his word, but I am captivated by Jesus. For a child has been born to us and a son has been given. I wish you Jesus. I wish us Jesus. He'll take over the running of the world. I so wish our world Jesus. His name will be Amazing Counselor, Strong Father, Everlasting Father, Prince of Wholeness. I wish our broken hearts and broken world Jesus. He'll put that kingdom on a firm footing and keep it going. With fear dealing and right living, beginning now and lasting always. I wish us Jesus. John 8, Jesus went across to the Mount of Olives. But he soon came back to the temple. Swarms of people came to him. He sat down and he taught them. The religious scholars and Pharisees led in a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They stood her in the plain sight and said, Teacher, this woman has been caught red-handed in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? They were trying to trap Jesus into saying something incriminating so they could bring charges against him. Jesus bent down and wrote in the dirt with his finger. They kept at him, badgering him. He straightened up and said, The sinless one among you, go first, throw the stone. Bending down, he continued to write in the dust. Hearing that, they walked away, one after another, beginning with the oldest. The woman was left alone. Jesus stood up and said, Woman, where are your accusers? Has no one condemned you? No one, Master. Neither do I, so go and sin no more. She found Jesus. The one that recognised it at the core of her being wasn't an adulteress, but an image-bearing and beloved child of God who needed rescue. She just needed Jesus. His ruling authority will grow and there will be no limits to the wholeness he brings. There will be no limits to the wholeness he brings. Why stoning in that story? 
The major difference between stoning and other forms of execution was that stoning was a communal activity. Stoning allowed everyone in the community to, to participate in throwing the stone while allowing each individual to exonerate their own self by saying, well, I didn't kill her, I only threw a stone. I didn't kill her, I only threw a stone. Here Jesus not only rescues this woman, but he challenges the, the form of collective killing. Brian Zahn writes in his book, The Unvarnished Jesus. Jesus refused to allow the Pharisees to act as a mob. People will do things in a mob that they would never do as individuals. This is why angry mobs are quite literally the most dangerous human phenomenon. The crowd is untruth. Jesus does not directly challenge the mob impulse, but he forces each person to act as an individual. He calls each of them to act and engage in a moment of self-reflection. And one by one, by one, they left. And the spell was broken. It's always better to be alone with Jesus than caught up in the crowd. And I'm glad when I look at that story, I go, that's, that's me. I've never been one of the stone throwers. But then I remember how easy it is in this social media age to be sucked up in the mob, mob spirit and throw a few stones or at least munch on the popcorn while the stones are happening online. I don't wish you a keyboard. I wish you Jesus. I wish our world Jesus. Then I think to myself, is wishing Jesus as childish and silly and naive as wishing to have the voice of Carrie Underwood or the little boy that wants to be Batman? You know, especially when there is also a thousand other crazy thoughts running around in this for me. Sometimes I'm like, it's sometimes I'm just plain embarrassed to be called a Christian. Sometimes I'm so disillusioned with how the church has acted. Sometimes I have such overwhelming hate and anger in my heart in regards to pockets of humanity that inflict suffering on others. I work at the hospital, I'm not short of a story in that regard. Sometimes my heart feels sick with any sense of hope, well and truly deferred. Sometimes I just carry this overwhelming sadness on behalf of others. You wonder after a while if wishing for Jesus is like wishing for the flying unicorn. Are these wishes all as crazy as the other? Are we comparing apples with apples. What does wishing for Jesus for myself and for you and for this world actually look like? What does it smell like? What does it taste like? What does it feel like? Because I need something a bit more than to get my teeth stuck into the wish. And I'm aware that simply wishing for Jesus doesn't pay the rent or fill a hungry tummy or repair anxiety, or repair the broken car. 
I'm very aware of that. And yet, despite what is undeniable for me, is I know that I know that I know that I really love Jesus. I really, really love Jesus. That Jesus that is the light of life, the Jesus that is love and peace, the unvarnished Jesus, the Jesus that while I was a sinner, he still went to the cross for me, the intoxicating Jesus, the kind Jesus, the Jesus that lifted me out of darkness and into his wonderful light, the compelling, the compelling Jesus, the confronting Jesus, the challenging Jesus. So I just want to throw a few thoughts out this morning, if you'd allow me, to what that might smell like and look like and feel like in your life and mine. Live in the present moment as fully as possible. C.S. Lewis has a book called The Screwtape Letters. And it's a bit, bit fictitious. Do you know how many times I practiced that? <laughs> fictitious. Correspondence between a senior demon, Screwtape, and his nephew, a junior spirit called Wormwood. Just stay with me here, I know it's a bit weird right now. Wormwood has been coached in the art of troubling people and keeping them from connecting with God. So, to paraphrase, Screwtape tells Wormwood, Screwtape tells Wormwood. Whatever you do, make sure you keep people as far from the present moment as possible. Get them to dwell on their past or focus on their future, but whatever you do, do not let them be in the present moment. The present moment is one of our worst enemies, for it is the closest thing to eternity that people will ever experience, and it is where God has the opportunity to influence them. The art of troubling people. You know, if someone was to get inside your head and perfect the art of troubling you, what a great strategy, great strategy it would be to get them to dwell on their past or focus on their future. It would be incredibly effective in causing you to miss Jesus in this present moment. Jesus and the woman in our story earlier had a present moment encounter, right? The accusers are scattered, the past is forgotten, the fear of death has just been vanquished. It's just her and Jesus in that moment. It's just her and Jesus in that moment. She knows complete grace, complete love, complete mercy, complete forgiveness. She knows hope. Where are your, where are your accusers? Has no one condemned you? Neither do I. Do you know what? It makes me so panicky that she may have missed that moment, that she might have been so overwhelmed with past guilt, replaying things on her head, or worrying how am I going to rebuild my future and look what's just happened in a public forum, that she could have missed that magnificent moment of forgiveness, of being present with her and Jesus. 
I hope upon hope that she had a compelling, intoxicating, overwhelming, graceful moment that day, that she was so present when it was her and Jesus, eye to eye, heart to heart. I hope she had a moment where heaven and earth overlapped, a translucent place, a thin place. I so hope she had that moment. Be open to a present moment being a divine moment. Present in worship, present in the preaching, present in conversation with a friend over a coffee, present to the book you're reading, present to the stroll that you're having along the beach, present to the movie that you're watching, present to the kids that you're playing with, present. Present to the possibility that Jesus could be closer than you think. It's amazing the kind of encounter that you could have. Choose faith. At times I have a faltering faith, but for me Jesus is the decisive revelation of God. So I choose daily to confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. Be open to mystery. Maybe there's more going on than meets the eye. I want to live open to mystery and wonder and unexpected encounters. Engage one's prophetic imagination. I want to have moments where I inquire of Jesus. When I pray, when I do seek, when I do ask, when I do knock. And I want to picture Jesus and what he might be saying to me in that moment. And in doing this, I'm listening for the voice of the Spirit. I'll sit, I'll stay still, and I'll tune in. So I'll wish, church, I'm going to wish. I'm going to wish for a good night's sleep when I lie down tonight. And I'll wake up and I'll go about my life tomorrow and I'll do the practical stuff required of me. The washing, the lunch boxes, the groceries, the going to work at the hospital as a nurse. But I'll also do my best to love all those that I encounter. I'll carry the sorrows of those that I know and those that I don't know because that's what it is to be human. I'll be all messed up thinking about the parents of the children lost in the latest shootings. I'll be so messed up for those mum and dads. I'll be messed up thinking about the lives at the moment just torn apart in Ukraine. My global brothers and sisters, the mums say goodbye to dads, the fathers say goodbye to sons, the mums say goodbye to sons. It'll mess me up when I think about it. But there'll be joy too, not just sorrow. I'll celebrate when I hear a good report. When I see a fellow human being being kind to another human being, I'll carry that joy in my heart. When I see a nurse comforting a patient, and I see that all the time, it'll bring me joy. When I see a social worker wrapping her arms around a distressed patient, 
bring me joy. I'll carry that joy. When I see a doctor high-fiving the little person that they are treating, maybe from the oncology kids, and I see their problem. I see joy. And I'll carry that, those moments of beauty in my heart as well. So I'm going to wish for Jesus. And I'm going to wish to be like Jesus. I'll wish today to be the hands of Jesus to someone. I'll wish today to be the voice of Jesus to someone. I'll wish today to bring the peace of Jesus to an anxious soul. I'll wish today to bring the hope of Jesus to a discouraged heart. I'll wish today to bring the healing of Jesus to a broken spirit. But you know, I'm not just going to wish. I'm going to do my best to live it. I won't let Christian be a noun, be a name, be a category, or be a label. I'm going to make Christian a verb, a doing word that is practice, not a belief system where boxes are ticked. And maybe, just maybe, just maybe in living like that, in wishing that people might know Jesus, it won't just be a matter of wishful thinking, but of grace-filled living. And maybe, just maybe if we all live like this, we may all encounter Jesus in one another. And from there, we might all learn to encounter Jesus in all sorts of unexpected places. Jesus. Maybe at times I've lost him. Certainly at times the church has lost him. Maybe at times Christianity has become a label more than a witness. But Jesus, Jesus has never lost me, and he's never lost you, and he still loves his church, and he still calls us to be a witness, even as he is the faithful witness. And if Jesus can hold on through it all, that makes me very confident this morning that I can wish you Jesus, that I can wish you Jesus. Would you stand with me this morning, church, as we have communion together? And I'm going to read out for you. And now the table has been prepared, not of the church, but the table of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is ready for those who love the Lord a little, and of those who would like to love him more. All are invited to take a seat at the table, the certain, the uncertain, the faith-filled, the doubters. So come, you who have much faith, and you who only have a little, you who have followed faithfully, and you who have tried and failed. There is always a space for you at the table. Come not because of your own goodness, but because of the goodness of God. Come and meet the risen Christ. Come and eat from the tree of life rediscovered. Turn your hearts toward Jesus and receive the salvation of God. For Jesus is the bread of life, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So come to where heaven and earth overlap. 
the table of the Lord and receive the life of Christ as your own, the grace and peace of God, our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. Come. So we're going to have a song this morning and come and receive the bread and wine this morning. There's a table down here, there's a table up the back over there, just come in a disorderly fashion if you feel comfortable and then go back and take your seat.